Thanks for joining us at our Foothills Church podcast. We exist to help people find and follow Jesus. If you're new here, we'd love to connect with you at foothills.cc. We hope you enjoy this message. I'm going to start with kind of an oldie goldie, one of dust off one of my favorite stories. It's a story about an old man who lived in Walhalla, and he wanted to plant his annual vegetable garden. But it was really hard work. The ground was especially hard that year because it had been a drought. And to top matters off, his only son, Bubba, who usually helped him uh, with the garden, was in prison. So the old man wrote his son uh, a letter uh, to describe the predicament. He said this. He said, Dear Bubba, I'm feeling pretty sad because it looks like I won't be able to plant my vegetable garden this year. I'm just getting too old and Digging up this hard ground is just too difficult for me. And I know if you were here, my troubles would be over. I know you would be happy to dig up the the, the vegetable plot for me, like in the old days. Love, Pop. A few days later, he received a letter from his son. Dear Pop, don't dig up that garden. That's where the bodies are buried. Love, Bubba. Four o'clock the next morning, FBI agents, local police arrived and dug up the entire area without finding any bodies. They apologized the old man and left. The same day, the old man received another letter from his son. Dear Pop, go ahead and plant the tomatoes now. That's the best I could do under the circumstances. <laughs> love Bubba. Woo! You got to love Bubba, don't you? And the moral of the story, at least according to what we're going to go today, is this, that life is tough. You got to make the best of every circumstance. You just got to be resourceful when life is difficult. Today, we're continuing our series called Painkiller, where we're talking about pain and trials and struggles that we all have. And I don't know if, if you've ever heard this, but every time I hear it, I just get so angry when I hear someone say, hey, just give your life to Jesus and you will never have another problem. Life will be perfect. Just say a little prayer, invite Jesus into your life, and your life will be awesome. No more problems. It'll be rainbows and unicorns and puppy dogs for the rest of your life. And and I just wanna punch somebody in the face when I hear that because it's not true. Shouldn't have said that, but it's true, right? I mean, (laughs) or even worse, you know what even is worse than that? When someone is going through a difficult situation and a Christian comes up and says, if you just had more faith, you wouldn't have those struggles. All of that's not true. Let's just get this right off the bat. Let's just kind of address this. Life is really hard at times. Bad things happen to good people. The Bible says that the rain falls on the just and the unjust. Jesus said, in this life, you'll have trouble. It's just part of life. Today, we're going to talk about that. If you think about it, in the Bible, like everybody that you See, all the heroes of our faith all had trials and trouble and persecution and, you know, pain that Jesus did. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. Jesus faced the pain of the crucifixion, physical pain, the spiritual pain of of taking the world's sins on himself, dying. But he faced struggles and persecution. In fact, that Thursday evening before the crucifixion, He was in the Garden of Gethsemane. Remember that when he's praying with such intensity that the Bible says these droplets of blood are are coming from his pores. 
And he's praying this. He's saying, Father, if there is any other way, let this cup pass before me. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. He said, look, if there is any other way than the cross and the pain that I'm about to endure, if there's any other way, let's go that route. But obviously there wasn't. And Jesus willingly went to the cross and died in our place and shed his blood for us because of his love for us. Throughout the Bible, all kinds of characters. In fact, today that we're going to focus on a guy who, who really knew what trouble was all about. His name was Paul. We call him the Apostle Paul. He was a really important figure in the Bible because he wrote about a little over a third of the New Testament, and yet he was not immune from trials and persecution and trouble. In fact, we're going to look at his inventory. He kind of writes a little autobiography for us and tells us a little bit about the struggles that he went with. So, uh, you know, when I read this story, let me just say this. If you're having a bad day or you think you're having a bad life, listen to his troubles. You'll feel a lot better, okay? In his trials, again, that he, that he talks about here in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, Beginning in halfway through verse 23, he's going to tell us that even though he's a follower of Jesus, he's facing struggles. In fact, he is facing these problems because he's a follower of Jesus. And here's what he says. He says, I've worked harder, been put in prison more often, been whipped times without number and faced death again and again. Five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Some of you have already got him beat on that one. Once I was stoned. Three times, yeah, you're just getting at him, right? Okay. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once, uh, uh, three times I was beaten with rods. Once I spent a whole night and a day adrift at sea. I traveled on many long journeys. I faced danger from rivers and from robbers. I faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I faced danger in the cities and in the deserts and on the seas. And I faced danger from men who claim to be believers but are not. I've worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. I've been hungry and thirsty and have often gone without food. I've shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. And beside all this, I have the daily burden of my concern for all the churches. He's saying, look. I'm having trouble. I've had, I know what it's like. I, I know what it feels like to be in the middle of persecution and trials and tribulations. And all of us do, right? We've all been there. This is not a message just for a select few. This is a message for all of us. So, so the really what we're going to look at is what is the purpose of those trials? I mean, what, are, what, is, what good can come out of that? And what we're going to do is we're going to actually take that as a backdrop, all of the things he went through. And then we're going to pick up some different places in Scripture where he actually tells us the benefits of going through those things. He's going to tell us that there is, there is a purpose for the pain that we go through. And I want to give you those three things from the Apostle Paul. And I'm going to throw in one from Peter, Jesus' disciple. But let's kind of go through the three things that we can see that the, the purpose of our trials. Number one, the trial, uh, trials that we have are an opportunity for personal growth. Trials are an opportunity for personal growth. I say an opportunity because it depends on how you respond to those trials. Because you've got a choice to make when you're facing trials. You've got a choice to make. You're either going to become better or bitter. You know, you've heard that before. You're either going to be mad at God for, for going through those difficulties, or you're going to say, what can I learn from that? It's an opportunity for personal growth. None of us like pain. 
we have a disdain for pain. There's an entire billion dollar plus industry that thrives because of our disdain for pain. You go down to Walmart or Walgreens or CVS and there are aisles filled with pain relief. And you go down there and they, you know, whatever you got, they've got, they've got you know, ibuprofen and aspirin and Tylenol and Tums and, and NyQuil and DayQuil and, and on and on the list goes. And they can cover anything, any kind of pain. You got it, we got it. We can, we can take care of it. You got a headache, no problem. Sore throat, no problem. They got stuff for earaches and joint pain and hemorrhoids and gas and you name it, we got you covered. Why? Because we don't like pain. We just want that pain to go away. But pain is part of life and you can't avoid it. It has a way of finding us, doesn't it? But it's an opportunity for personal growth. Someone once told me that you can only grow to your threshold of pain. I want you to think about that. You can only grow to your threshold of pain. We all have a threshold of pain. When you hit that threshold, most of us will stop right there. Like that's what keeps us from moving beyond. But I'm going to tell you something. You cannot grow without first experiencing pain. And if you're ever going to grow spiritually, you've got to push through the pain. It's an opportunity for personal growth. If you get a personal trainer, personal trainer is there to help you go through those thresholds of pain. We've all heard the statement, no pain, no gain. And it's true when it comes to training, because when you're training, if you're going to build muscle, you actually have to first tear the muscle. When you work out, you, you have micro tears in the muscle fibers. It eventually will grow larger and stronger. And so a personal trainer, when you hire that personal trainer, is there to push you beyond your thresholds. Because and for all of us, we hit that threshold, we want to quit. A personal trainer says, no, one more rep, you got it in you. One more set. And if you can't do it, they'll spot you, but they're there to help. And that's what it's all about. It's an opportunity for personal growth. I don't like pain. I don't like trials. I don't like tribulations any more than you do. I like mountaintops, don't you? I like them out. I don't like the valleys. But if I'm honest, I would have to admit that 90% of my growth has come in the valleys, not the mountaintops. Mountaintops are kind of overrated. They're great when you're there, but you don't grow very much on a mountaintop. You grow in the valleys. You want to know who you are, you get in a valley. You get in a difficult situation. You're going to find out who you are. It's an opportunity for growth. I want to show you what um, Peter had to say. This is one of the only characters we're going to look at, really, without that talks about pain other than Paul. And he says this, he says, so be truly glad there is wonderful joy ahead. Remember the word joy, because I'm going to come back to that. There's wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It's being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, um, through many trials, it will bring much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. You know what I've discovered is that God is much more interested in our character than our comfort. Did you know that? God is more interested in your character than your comfort. When I'm in a difficult situation, what I say, here's what I say, is God, get me out of this situation right now. I don't, I don't care about building character right now. I just don't like the pain. I want to get out of this situation. So 
please God, just remove this situation. But a lot of times God doesn't do that. What he says, what Peter tells us is that there is joy ahead. You're going to go through these difficult times and it's going to seem like they're forever, but there's really on the scale of things, they're small. They're, they're just a short period of time. There's joy ahead because God is doing something in you that you can't do on your own without facing a trial and a tribulation. And he compares it to gold. He says it, God, God takes our, our character and he puts us like in a refining process like they do with gold and and when you come out the other side of that, you're going to be better off for it. And in that process, what they would do for gold, they would take gold and they would put it in a kiln. And they would heat, heat the kiln up to about 2,000 degrees. That's hot. And at that temperature, everything other than the gold melts away. All the impurities melt away. And what you've got left is pure gold. And when we face those persecutions, when we find ourselves in the kiln, and when the temperature is being turned up and we feel like I can't take it anymore, God is getting rid of the impurities out of our lives and is, is growing our faith and growing our character in those moments. There's, there's a purpose in the pain. There's something God wants to do in us. Now, let's go back to Paul because he gave us the list of the stuff that he had gone through, all of the beatings that he took and all of the times that he was homeless and, and adrift at sea and, and all of the things that he went through. And here's what he had to say about it. He said, we can rejoice too. There's the word again, a form of the word joy. He says, we can rejoice too. He's talking about trials and troubles and persecution. He's saying we can rejoice. In the book of James, James says, count it all joy when you face those trials. A few weeks ago, Pastor Kevin preached a message on joy. And he said, joy is not based on circumstances. That's what happiness is. And so we see here, this is an opportunity for joy. You can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. Why? For we know that they help us develop endurance. Endurance develops strength of character. As a parent, and now a grandparent, I can tell you that there have been many times when I saw my kids making decisions that were gonna, there was going to be some pain. And they were, they were headed in a direction and my natural instinct, because I loved them, was like, let me just get them out of this. I don't want them to go through this pain. I don't want them to experience the pain. But if we removed our kids or our grandkids from every bit of pain, we would act, that'd be a form of child abuse. That'd be a disservice. Because there's a purpose for pain. Pain is actually sometimes a good thing. We've all heard this story about, you know, if you see a kid and there's this, they see the stove and it looks pretty because it's red and they touch it. It's a painful experience, but I promise you they won't touch it again. There's a purpose. In fact, there's a disorder with people who have no sensation of pain, and they often will bleed to death. They cut themselves, don't even know it, and they'll go through, and the next thing they know, they're, they're, they're passed out on a floor. The sensation of pain sometimes is good, and, and, and if I removed every painful experience from my kids, they wouldn't grow up to be mature adults, and God would be the, do the same thing for us. God lets us go through these things because he's growing us. He's developing us. It's no fun to go through. Many of us are going through difficult situations right now. Some of you right now are in the middle of a situation. And you're saying, God, get me out of this thing right now. Like ASAP, beam me up, you know, do something. Get me out of this. And God's saying, hang on, I got a few things I need to teach you. There's some things you need to develop. 
So just recognize that I haven't left you. I'm there, but you're working through something right now. I mean, think about it. If God wants to develop patience in you, what do you think he's going to do? He's not going to wave a magic wand. I could. That's not how God works. He's going to put you in a situation where that's all you've got to do is wait. And you're going to, you're going to, have, you're going to learn patience. When God wants to develop your faith, he's going to put you in a situation where you require faith. And those are usually in these difficult times. So if you're going through something right now, instead of praying, God, get me out of that, say, God, what can I learn through this? What do you want to develop in me? How can this grow me up and how can this bring you glory? Because that's really what we're trying to do here is we're trying to figure out what God's doing in all these times. But it's the first part is trials are an opportunity for personal growth. Secondly, trials give me a platform to help others. This is good. Trials give me a platform to help others. God never wastes a hurt. Never wastes a hurt. Every time you, you feel pain, every time you go through a trial, God is there and he won't waste it. He's going to squeeze out every bit of good out of your bad situation. Every one of those battle scars that you have are a sign of, of God's grace in your life. Every one of those things you've gone through, God has been there with you. But let me tell you something. It isn't enough that God just got you through that. And it isn't even enough that God grew you through that. God's got so much more in that pain for other people. See, I think there are three things that happen in pain in order for God to leverage everything about it. First of all, ultimately, God gets the glory out of everything we go through. That is ultimately what all of it's about, that God should get the glory. In the midst of my trials, troubles, struggles, persecution, that God gets the glory. That's number one. Secondly, hopefully that God gets me through that, and I grow personally and spiritually through that difficulty. But that's not enough. The third part is that God will take what I've gone through so that I can now help someone else get through what they're going through because I have gone through that myself. That's when you know God gets the best of everything. Now, and I, know, I know a lot of times when you go through something and God gets you through it, you just want to put it on the, on the back burner and never think about it again. Like, wow, I'm glad that's done. I don't even want to, that was so painful. I don't want to think about it again. But let me tell you something, you're selling God short. You're selling yourself short. God wants to use that because God never wastes the hurt. God is going to do something in somebody else's life. Now, in 2 Corinthians, remember, Paul went through all of that stuff that I listed earlier. Now listen to what he had to say. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He's not the source of all pain. He uses pain, but he's not the source of all pain. He's the source of all comfort. He comforts us in our, all of our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we'll be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. Now, this is big. If you've experienced pain, let's use a couple examples. Let's say you've experienced the pain of losing a loved one. And you've gone through the grieving process. And God has been there walking you through that. And you've experienced the comfort of others who have gone through that before. And now you're kind of working through that grieving process instead of just going, okay, that's over. I don't want to think about that again. What God wants us to do now is since we've gone through it is look for someone else who's going through that experience because we can speak to that better than anybody else. Like you, are, you have the experience behind you and you can talk to them about what God has done in your life. We have something called grief share that is here at church. 
Grief share is a great example of what I'm talking about. It's a group of people who've suffered loss of someone they love. And they come together and they're healing together. They're, they're comforting one another for the comfort that God has given them. They're doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing. In, in, think about addiction is another great example. People who've gone through an addiction and are working through that, in the process of working through that, but they've, they've got a couple steps ahead of the next guy. The best thing that that person can do is go back and, and say, let me help you because I've been where you are and I'm working through it and I want to help you. That's why like AA, NA, and all these, they have these sponsors. A sponsor is someone who's been there. They're working through that program themselves and they're helping others come along. There's power in that. God wants us to use those moments. Maybe you've gone through some sort of mental uh, depression or something like that. By the way, Pastor Gavin did an amazing job on that message last week talking about anxiety and depression. Um, and if you weren't here, please go back and watch that. Very difficult topic to talk about, but such a needed topic. And if you're going through that, you're going to be the best. Listen, I could go up there and, I, and let's say someone's going through something that I haven't gone through. And I say, man, I, you know, I want to pray for you and I'm going to do this and that. And, and that'll help. But I'm going to tell you something. When, when I find someone who's gone through what I've gone through, and I can say, man, I've, I've been in your shoes. I know what it feels like. I, I want to help you in that because this is what this would help me. Everything that you've gone through, even the difficult times, don't just squeeze the good out. Let God use it. This, this, let God do exactly what Paul's saying. That comfort so that other people could be comforted. Rick Warren once said this, if you give it to God, he transforms your test into your testimony, your mess into your message, and your misery into your ministry. That's what he wants to do. Let me give you the third thing. Trials remind me that God is still in control. This is almost a paradoxical statement. Because when I'm going through a difficult trial, it almost feels like God's not in control. Nobody's in control. You ever felt that way? Like everything's out of control. And yet these are reminders that God is in control. But it's hard to remember those times. We just have to stand in faith. We have to believe that God is who he says he is. There's a song that we sing, and we just actually sang it a couple of weeks ago. It's called Waymaker. In fact, we did it a couple weeks ago when we introduced our Foothills Espanol. We did a verse in Spanish, which was awesome. But in that song, it says, even when I can't see it, God is moving. And even when I can't feel it, God is working. That's, that's the truth. When, when you are feeling like I, no one is there for me, I, I feel like life's been out of control. I'm going through this problem. Nobody knows. God knows. And he's moving and working. Even if it's behind the scenes and you can't see it, he's still working. In 2 Corinthians chapter, uh, chapter 12, the apostle Paul is going to give us another one of his difficulties that he didn't mention before. And I want you to look at how he uses this thing as a, as, a way, as a reminder of God's being in control through his difficulty. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning of verse 7, it says, So to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and to keep me from becoming proud. Three different times, I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Paul said this. 
he said, he said that there was this time that he was given a thorn in his flesh. We don't know what that was. Some sort of problem that he was going through. Many people believe he was losing his eyesight. But he was going through, someone said he was married. That's, he's talking about his mother-in-law. I don't know. But he's, he's got a thorn in his flesh. But he's got this difficult situation. And he, say, he does what all of us would do. God, take it away from me. I don't want to deal with this. I don't want this pain in my life. And he prayed it three times. And each time God said, nope, not going to do that. There's a growth there's something I want to do, and I'm going to develop something in you that needs to be developed right here, and it's a dependence on me. And the only way you're going to develop that is to go through this, because if I bailed you out right now, you wouldn't learn the lesson. So I'm not going to take away the thorn in your flesh. But what I am going to do is I'm going to show you I'm still in control. Because when you're weak, that's when my strength will be seen. Because that's when you'll be your strongest, not in your own strength, but in mine. And Paul said, now I boast about my weaknesses. That's why I recognize that I'll go through those difficult times. Because when I'm weak, then I'm strong in the power of Christ. Because he's still in control. Can you say that about your difficulties? That God is still in control? Because if you can't, let me tell you, he is still in control. God is still on the throne. God still controls the universe. God still knows every single situation that any of us are going through. And you might be going through your own situation right now. Maybe it's a divorce. Maybe you're in the middle of a divorce situation. And you're thinking, man, everything is out of control. I don't know if there's ever going to be a good day ahead. And you're trying as best you can. And you feel like giving up. Let me tell you something. This is a reminder. If you look hard enough, you'll see that God is at work. Maybe you are going through some addiction or, or depression or a job situation or financial situation. Whatever your trial is right now, can you just trust God will get you through it? In Isaiah, God speaks through the Isaiah, Isaiah the prophet. And listen to what God says. And you can, this would be a great one if you're going through a struggle right now to memorize Here's what God says, when you go through deep waters, not when, if, okay, when you go through deep waters, I will be with you. Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You're not going through it alone. When you go through the rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up because God's just burning away the impurities not you. The flames will not consume you, for I am the Lord, your God. A couple of weeks ago, we talked, I did a message on peace, and I talked about inner peace, and I said, peace is not the absence of problems, it's the presence of God in our problems. That's what peace is. Not the absence of problems. If you think one day that you're going to have peace because everything will be fine and perfect, you will never have peace. It's not the absence of problems. It's the presence of God in your, in your problems. That's what Isaiah, that's what God said. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. You're not alone. You're never alone. I want to close with a personal story. And it was, it's a story about my daughter when she was a little girl. We had this little thing that we would do. Before I tuck her in bed, I'd say, Daddy loves you and Jesus loves you. We say it every night. Daddy loves you and Jesus loves you. Sometimes I'd forget and get ready to turn the lights off and she'd say, you forgot. You forgot. I'd say, what I forget? You know 
And I'd say, oh yeah, daddy loves you and Jesus loves you. And then she felt you know, like it was like comfort. Turn off the light, she'd go to sleep. Well, about, she was about six or seven years old. I don't remember exactly how old. She was a little girl. And she kept having these problems breathing. We kept taking her to the doctor. She would have this real shallow breathing and a lot of wheezing and that kind of thing. And the doctor, this pediatrician, would keep prescribing medicine. He said, she's got bronchitis. But it's happening all the time. We're like, how come we can't get this right? So we'd take her to the doctor. He'd give her this medicine for bronchitis. And eventually it'd go away, whatever. One time, um, it was, she, she was having one of those situations. We took her to the doctor. He said, bronchitis, gave her some medicine. But this time, it didn't, nothing worked. And she was wheezing and really struggling to breathe. And my wife said, we need, I think we need to take her to the emergency room. So we took her to the emergency room. They took one look at her, did, did some vitals. They rushed her in to the like, ICU. They were mad at us. Like, why didn't you get her here sooner? We said, well, the, we were at the, went to the doctor earlier today and said she had bronchitis. They said, she doesn't have bronchitis. She's having an asthma attack. If you hadn't got her here, she could have died. We, we had no idea. So they get her in there, and they, now they've got to admit her to the hospital. And she's terrified, of course. She can't breathe. They've got, they got to get her breathing before they can release her. They've got to get up a certain amount of uh, whatever the level was. I can't remember what it was percentage-wise. So we're in there, and staying the night with her and she's scared and every 10 minutes they're taking blood and they're doing this thing and it was just pitiful I mean to watch her going through that and I would just you know it's in one of those situations as a parent years ago I wish it was me and not her right you just but you can't do anything I remember she was so scared they'd come in to take that blood and after so many times and she'd see him coming in the door she would just like start panicking and I remember just what I could do. I would go, I just kind of embrace her and I said, Daddy loves you and Jesus loves you. Daddy loves you, Jesus loves you. Daddy loves you, Jesus. Now it didn't take away the pain, because there still was pain. But it gave her the comfort of knowing there's no way I'm leaving that room. There's no way I'm going anywhere. I mean, she's coming out of that place and I'm taking her home one day. And fortunately for us, she recovered and she actually outgrew the asthma. She doesn't even have it anymore. But it's a reminder of, to me of this is how God does for us when we're in those situations. He doesn't always take us out of the pain, but he comforts us in the middle of that pain. He comes alongside of us and says, it's going to be okay, I got you. It's not going to be fun. It's not going to be enjoyable. Life is difficult. It's, it's, those things happen. It's going to seem like it's unfair at times, but I'm still here. And I've never left. And I'm doing something inside of you right now. Um, it's just an opportunity for some growth. And this is a time you're going to be able to reflect back on and help somebody else down the road when they're going through this situation. But in the meantime, I'm here for you. What are you going through right now? Where do you need to just trust God? What is something you're going through right now and you're, you're angry at God? Like, if you really love me, God, you wouldn't let me go through this. And God's saying, the fact that I let you go through that and I'm with you shows you how much I love you. Just release that pain, release those things to God and let God do what he does best because he is the only one. He's so intimately familiar with your de every detail of your life. He knows exactly what you're going through. It grieves his heart as well. But he loves you. And you're never too far from the love of God. Let's pray together. God, 
I want to thank you that you are a God who is always 100% with us, working through us, working in us, working behind the scenes, doing things in us that we couldn't do on our own, demonstrating your love's love in ways that, that we can't even fathom. But God, I just pray that people going through difficulties, because every one of us, either we're in the middle of a difficult situation right now, or we've just come out of one, or we're getting ready to go into one. But in those times, God, remind us that there's something going on. There's something beneficial. There's, there's joy at some level that we can have knowing that we have a God that cares for us that much. And God, I pray that, that, that if there are some in this room or some that are watching online that have never taken that step of inviting Jesus to be the Lord of their lives, not because life's going to be perfect after that. Not because if they say a prayer that they'll never have trouble. The fact that they're, they're going to have trouble and they're, they're going to have difficulties in life and they need a Savior, they need a Lord. But more than that, because of our sin, we're separated from a holy God and that can't be made right other than Jesus. So I pray, God, if there are people who need Jesus Christ right now, they, they recognize their sin and they're willing to repent of that sin and turn to you that today would be the day of their salvation. And if that's you right here, right now, maybe just offer a prayer like this. Jesus, I'm committing my heart and my life to you. I've sinned against you, against others. I confess it and I repent from that. And I ask you to be my Lord, my master, my savior, the CEO of my life. I turn control over to you. God, thank you that you never leave us nor forsake us. In the name of Jesus, amen.